Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. It's time to settle down. Settle down. And listen to the soothing sound. Oh, yeah. This. Oh my god, this! Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, this. He's on a roll. Hello, and welcome back to On a Roll, where we take an unhealthy obsession in an actor's filmography. Uh, I'm Tom, and joining me as ever is the wonderful... Emma! Thank you for calling me wonderful. I don't know why I said it in that creepy voice, I'm so sorry. You're very welcome, you're very welcome. I'm now, feeling a little bit. Um, I'm feeling a little bit sheepish today. Why are you feeling sheepish, Emma? Would you like to tell everyone listening at home? <laughs> because this is our second time recording this episode. Because somebody in the podcast, and I'm not going to name names, but somebody recorded it yesterday. <laughs> recorded yesterday with their laptop mic instead of their podcast mic. You you effectively you effectively for, forgot to turn your microphone on. Yeah. Um. No. Actually, I think you'll find it was on. Um. I just forgot to set the output to microphone. Um. And you know what? No one's perfect. No one's perfect. You just had okay? the wrong one on. Yeah. Yeah. So we recorded the whole episode. Um. <laughs> good episode. You know. But it would have just sounded awful. Awful for you guys at home. Um. Because you'd have I, yeah. my lovely dulcet tones in. Uh, in lovely, stunning <laughs> podcast audio quality, and then um, I sounded Emma like I was inside like she a was, can. Yeah, inside a tin can. So yeah. it would have been lovely for your for your ears. So we thought we'd we'd record it again because we care, Tom. We care, don't we? We do it because we care. We do care. <laughs> yeah. So should you want to explain a little bit what this podcast is about for those people that haven't listened before, perhaps? Yeah. So if you're new here, I promise I'm not always incompetent. Um... <laughs> Only on days that end in a Y. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, a little bit about the podcast. Um, each week on On A Roll, we watch four... Well, we we did used to watch four movies. We've since taken it down, haven't we, Tom? Because we were getting... Oh, we have. We were getting we a little fatigued. bit... We were getting a little bit fatigued, which we'll, we'll move on to in a bit. But we basically go through an actor's filmography um, and we talk about the movies in detail. Sometimes it's too much detail, if I'm honest. Um, and season one is all about Robert Pattinson. That's right. Yeah, this is all about Robert Pattinson. And this week we've watched three of his films, haven't we? We've watched Cosmopolis, yeah. um, The Rover, uh-huh. and Maps to the Stars. Now, yeah. Emma's Emma's highlighted it a little bit there. We're feeling a l- little bit fatigued this week. Yeah, we were getting what I would call a medically induced Robert Pattinson fatigue. Is that the official term? Yeah. Medically induced Robert Pattinson fatigue. <laughs> yeah. It's got to have the accent. Yeah, it's got to have the little twist. That's important. And unfortunately for us, I think th- these were three 
incredibly hard films to watch. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was a a rough week, wasn't it, Tom? Um, But we're not ones to shy away from a challenge. Um, We're going to try and make it sound better than it is. In fact, we we love it so much that, as you say, we're recording this for the second time. So as much (laughs) as we love these films, we get to talk about them all over again. Do you know what? It actually couldn't have um, landed on a worse week for me to fuck up the audio. (laughs) Because after we we recorded... Um, talking about these films for the first time, I was just drained. <laughs> I think you actually said, like, I hope that's worked because uh, I don't want to have to talk about these films again. It's like I knew, yeah. like, deep down, I just fucking knew that something was going to go wrong. But, you know, uh, we move. So should we start by talking about um, the old Cosmopolis? Cosmopolis. Yep. Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis. So, so, yeah, we should say up front as well that... This is sort of, we're moving now into Rob's art house, auteur filmmaking phase. And boy, does he kick it off with a bang with Cosmopolis. <laughs> um, so it's di- directed by David Cronenberg, isn't it? So he's he's known for his bit, bit of a weird film. Yeah. The entire film is set in a limousine, pretty much. I mean, there's a few other locations, yeah. um, but Robert Pattinson is like a, what is he, investment banker or something like He's, that? He, he I would describe him stops, as sort he? of like a despicable Bruce Wayne. A despicable Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Um, obviously getting into his role then. He, this is, this is aud- his audition piece for Batman, the Batman. He just knew. I quite I find it quite funny as well how he sort of went out of his way to play these art house roles and then he's ended up playing Batman, which is like the least niche thing you yeah, can ever yeah. play, he's, really. Yeah, yeah, he's got straight back into the franchise work. That does lead me on to my first um, little fact about this, actually. Um, going early doors on the factoids. Oh, go, um, go for it. So it was his first film... This was his first film after he'd finished working on Twilight. Um, and he said that the experience like helped him to believe in himself. And he, he felt like that he could do films like this, like auteur, art housey type things. Because he, he felt before this that he wasn't good enough for those things. That's cute. So he, That's he, sweet. Yeah, he, he took from this experience that It's good that he, he got something nice things. out of it. Um, because I yeah. certainly didn't. So, yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, he's uh, an, like, uh, an evil Bruce Wayne uh, in his... Yep. In his Despicable. limousine, driving driving around New York City, and there's like a financial crash going on. Yeah, people are rioting in the streets. Yeah, the whole film is essentially, um, I want a haircut, drive me to the barber. Yeah, and then it's so just he, about he, all of his mis- misadventures along the way. Yeah, he goes to get a haircut, doesn't he? Even though he doesn't particularly need one. <laughs> um, so here we are. It's Tom Price's hair corner. Would you like to tell look, us why he doesn't look, need I, one? I've got I've got a lot of thoughts about his hair in these <laughs> films. Okay, it's an obsession that started last week. But if I'm being completely honest with myself, it probably started a little bit earlier than then. <laughs> Wait, so are you saying that his hair in this film is better than it is in Water for Elephants? No, oh no, no, Water for oh, Elephants no, no. No, is like no, the gold no. standard. Um, okay. Water for Elephants is the gold standard of Robert Pattinson hair. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what second place would be. What was the what was the other film we watched last week? There's Water for Elephants. Um Bellamy. Bellamy. It was alright in Bellamy. It was one of the other ones that we watched last Oh, Remember Me. I think his hair was pretty good in Remember Me. His hair in Remember Me was just like what I imagine as like standard Robert Pattinson hair. Like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. So that's I like... think of his hair. So, not that so I think of like... it often. Oh well I do. Um he <laughs> That's like his standard hair, so that's well, that's like the benchmark. But I think yeah. Water for Elephants is a cut above that. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So 
Anyway, he goes to get a haircut. He doesn't really need one because it's looking pretty slick anyway. <laughs> um, and he he just goes on all these pointless, meets all these different people and has just never-ending pointless conversations with them about... Uh, they're all, I guess they're all like probably deeply philosophical, but at the time that I was watching it, I was like, I'm not in the mindset for this. Yeah, it's a very like ham-fisted, like, this guy is the embodiment of capitalism and then there's all these anti-capitalist riots outside yeah. and he just has nothing to do with it because he's in his, like, bulletproof limo which has got, like, a electronic bidet in it and God knows oh, what his, else. His limo's got all sorts of it. It's got, like you say, a, a bidet. Um, it's got a toilet in it. <laughs> it's got an ECG in Why it. Why did cause... you like inflect bidet like that? Is that not what it's called? Isn't it? A... I always thought it was a bidet. A bidet? A bidet. Oh, mate, you want to get you one of those bidets? <laughs> I tell you that, mate. Oh, bloody hell, sort you right out. It's called a, a bidet. A bidet. Um, a bidet. <laughs> yeah, it's got that in it. It's got an ECG. He gets his heart rate monitored. It's got all sorts. It's got the works in yep. it. So having said that all the dialogue in this film... They just have pointless conversations. There's some cracking yeah. quotes in it, right? Yeah. So you've, am I right in thinking you've compiled a list of um, the top quotes from this film? So I, I mean, there's a, I think there's a few quotes from all of the films this week, but this one especially. Because yeah. a few weeks ago we said that we'd like make a list of of Robert Pattinson quotes, and then I've not, never added to it since. Um, I think one of them was from Bad Mother's Handbook, like "High slut" or something like that. Yeah, so the first one is, hello, slut. And the second one is, I've got an erection. Those are the two. I'd forgotten what the second one was. Um, But yeah. I I feel like there's a real theme with all these Robert Pattinson quotes, like without spoiling it. Like they're all, they're all very sexual. Definitely, definitely. So the first one I've got is, um, I'm hungry for something thick and chewy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which just gets gets better and better every time you hear it, I think. Oh God! And the next one is to his his uh, wife, uh, I believe. You have your mother's breasts, uh, oh, quickly followed by great stand-up tits. So <laughs> that's the same conversation. I think Honest he's trying to. to I think he's trying to have sex with her. Because throughout the film, he tries every time he sees his wife, he like tries to have sex with her, and she's just not interested. Even though they're like, yeah. So I think that it's some sort of like high society arranged marriage where they set her up with him because he's a billionaire, and I guess she has a rich daddy that wants her to marry yeah, someone rich. She, but she, she's just not into it. She's not really interested, is she? No. Um, and then, in fact, during the film, when he loses all his money, spoiler, he loses all his money. <laughs> She like spoiler co- in case you wanted to watch this fucking amazing film. <laughs> <laughs> he um yeah she calls off the the marriage basically. She's like oh, I'm ending our relationship, but it's Good okay because he's like he's been like cheating on her anyway throughout the film. Yeah, with like every Tom Dick and Harry that runs past the limo. <laughs> well, I don't think he sleeps with a Tom Dick or Harry, um, but <laughs> he um he certainly sleeps with a few women. I wouldn't know Tom because I don't remember any characters in this film. <laughs> Not uh, well, I don't know if they're ever named. This is the thing. No, that's true um yeah so yeah we've got uh you have your mother's breasts which i don't know if, how you would feel about someone saying that to you um but i would I, want to know how that how they know that and i'd have some yeah. real questions from my mom you have your mother's breasts oh thank you oh thanks i know i said i didn't want to have sex with you but now you've said that let's go <laughs> Um, I'm going to pee yoke. 
Do you, do you know what that reminds me of, actually? <laughs> Speaking of mothers oh, and God. daughters. Oh, God. Oh, no. Do you remember um, when we were at school? Oh, there was that English teacher. What are you teacher, about to say? I'm scared. An English teacher. Different different English teacher to the one we previously mentioned. We were in about year eight at this point. So I don't know how old you are then. Like 14, maybe? Uh, yeah, 13, 14, yeah. And you, she stopped an English lesson once to read us out an email that she received. And it, it was like a joke. I don't remember this. Oh, oh I, my God. <gasps> Oh my god, was this the Australian one? I mean, yeah, you've given away which teacher it was now, but because uh, there's only one Australian oh, yeah, teacher for, at our for school. The two, but... For the two people from school who happened to know where we went, oh, <laughs> I'm not yeah, too yeah. worried. Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, it was. <laughs> and she um, shred out this joke, inverted commas, and it was about a man who <laughs> met a mother and daughter on a night out, and they were like, do you want to come back oh. for a sportsman's double? And apparently that's, <laughs> that's what the Can term just... for... <laughs> For a mother daughter Can you just stress is. again that we were like 13 years old and most of us were just like, huh? <laughs> What's a threesome? <laughs> and she's like absolutely howling like, Haha, this is so fucking funny. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and we were just like, is this a- a- appropriate? Um, I'm pretty sure like if that happened these days, like someone, someone would be called somewhere and she'd be taken away. <laughs> That's that's just come to me. That's just come to me as we were talking about. Um, you have your mother's breasts. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, what? Oh we God. went to a weird school, didn't we? I know we did. Like that is just the tip of the iceberg. Seriously, but there's stuff we could tell you, make your bloody toes curl. <laughs> it really would. Um, right. I've got add add a add car sex to the list of places I've seen Rob having sex. Yeah. Yeah, he's just. Just having sex all over the shop. Oh, here's some more. Here's some more quotes. Wait, were you were you done with the quotes? I was going to no, say no, no, because no. I've got my. I'm favorite. just reading down my list of notes, trying to find the quotes because I, oh, okay, I stupidly cool. didn't separate cool. them. Um, yeah, uh, I've got uh, grip it, choke it, which he was talking about a freaking Evian bottle, essentially. I mean, I think some of these are better without the context. To be fair, I think that one is yeah, that one was great. Um, oh, yeah. my, my prostate is asymmetrical. Yep. He says that about four times. He said that, like, yeah, four or five times. It it, it began to lose its shine. Like, the first time he said it, I was like, Ooh, His prostate began to lose it? its shine. It really did. <laughs> um, yeah, because he gets a prostate exam. It needed a polish. It's a prostate exam, and while he's getting it, the woman that he says grip it, choke it to, I'm pretty sure that's when he says it as well. He's, like, leering in her face, like, oh, yeah, grip it, choke yeah. it. Mm. It's not. And then you then it's revealed. Watch, it? Then it's revealed that he's getting a prostate exam. There's there's still no reasoning for it. Like you watch him get it, and you you just take it on face value. You're like, oh, okay, co- he's had a prostate. Of course, exam Robert Pattinson's limo. getting a prostate exam in this weird <laughs> fucking film where nothing happens. Also, does he have a doctor? Or because when I first watched that scene, I thought it was his driver just got out of the driver's seat and just jumped no, into the back. To no, no, he did. Him. He didn't get his driver to <laughs> randomly finger his ass. Okay. <laughs> Are we sure? It was. A, I'm pretty sure it was a doctor because the doctor was giving him a full <laughs> medical. Because as I've got in my notes, I'm was bringing he? it back. It's Rob's mole watch. Oh, he, he had a mole as a plot point. The doctor's like, yes, "Oh, you got a mole on did. your side. You need you need to watch that." And I was like, "Yes, he does need to watch his molly back." What I want to know is: is this mole actually Robert Pattinson's mole, or is it a prosthetic mole? Do we know? I'm fair. <laughs> Do I feel, you know? <laughs> I feel fairly confident in saying that it was uh, a prosthetic mole because. So, am I right in thinking that you're mapping out the moles? 
if look, if I know Rob's back moles, and I do, <laughs> that that wasn't there last week. So for my name isn't Tom Rob's back moles prize. <laughs> I do I do have a PhD in uh, back molology. Um, that's the back official, molology. That's the official term. <laughs> Only us um, back molologists um, know know these things. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> so me. yeah, he, he does have a mole as a plot point, and then so this next quote. Mm. is my favourite quote, I think. Okay, of I'm the excited. Week, I don't know what you're going to say. Of the week, and I think possibly could ever be any quote that Rob ever says. It's not, In fact, it's not oh, even God. him that say, says it, so I don't know why it's on the list, okay. but it's just a great quote. Maybe get just it on a, a t- cracking quote. Maybe get it on a t-shirt, I don't know. Yeah, why not? It's true, you know, you do actually reek of sexual discharge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I forgot what you were going to say. I was trying to think, like, what is this quote? Honestly. And it was just as good as the first time I heard it. Top quality <laughs> quote. It's um, just so descriptive, visceral. You just you just feel it, don't you? You know. I feel extremely involved with that quote. And you know what, Tom? Mm. I don't know if I should say this, but I kind of know what she means. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's nothing like the smell of sexual discharge in the morning. Mm. I mean, you know, <laughs> oh, you know those, you know those mornings when you wake up and you smell the, you smell the coffee and you smell what the sexual discharge. What is the thing in discharge. Harry Potter? What is the potion in Harry Potter where it smells like your favourite things? And Hermione's like, mine smells like freshly cut grass and all this. <laughs> what? It's the love potion. Yeah. I don't know what, what it's called. What would your love potion smell like? <laughs> Yours would apparently smell of Rob's sexual discharge. <laughs> oh God, how have we got here? Oh no. Um, I, I think... can't breathe. I, uh, I can't. My... Uh... Um, the only refreshment I brought with me is a can. I'm just going to open it. Sorry about this, listener. Maybe it'll oh, be a wow. little. Oh, that Ooh. wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Have a little, have a little beverageino to get yourself through. I got cream to, soda to clear out the sexual In case discharge. anyone was wondering. <laughs> anyway, should we should we move on from that? Please, God. Um, so yeah, he goes through this film and. Not a lot really happens. There's several threats against his life yeah. apparently made by his bodyguard informs him. There's a financial collapse. He go he gets his hair cut, but he only gets half of it cut because then he's like, I need to go somewhere else. Uh, at some point, he kills his bodyguard because his bodyguard's annoying him. Just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, just, when just someone's annoying you, you just think, die, you know? I mean, it's understandable, you know, in the times that we live in. Um, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> he goes and confronts the guy that's been making threats against his life. It's not really explained how he knows where he is. No, he is. I'm I'm still struggling with that. I did think I could read up on this and make it make sense, but I just thought, I don't really want to waste my time on this film any more than I already have. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret, Emma. I did read up on it. And did you? It you sad bastard. Still, still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, I, I thought, you know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't understand what this film is about. Or, yep. you know, and maybe in a little bit of research, it'll become clearer to me. Yeah, maybe. That that was not the case. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, in my research, I discovered that um, th- this film reviewed quite well. Critics seem to like it. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's one of those ones. I um, um, you know. I just went one step further and read about critical reception of the book because I thought 
maybe the book's good. Oh, we should say um, we should say that. Yeah, it's based, it's on, based a on a book by Don DeLillo, um, who did a book that I also like called White Noise, which I found to be a lot better than whatever the hell Cosmopolis was. But that didn't review very well, the book. A lot of people were saying it was just a bit, like, in your face, just, like I said, ham-fisted, anti-capitalist garbage. <laughs> well, so that's interesting, because this film is like praised mm. for being a like a super super faithful adaptation of the book yeah so if people didn't like the book you would think they didn't like the film but i think that they're probably reviewed by different sets of people like I, people I who guess, review yeah, books aren't reviewing films or maybe they are i don't know i guess i, I guess this is i guess this is a visual medium it is it's a know. visual feast like oh you you can't see in the book robert pattinson getting fisted in a limo and that's a problem you know do you know what? We we need more of that in our lives. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you like, ever just think, ugh, what is my life missing? You know? I'm just lying there and, you know, <laughs> thinking, oh, my life is so so humdrum and boring, you know? <laughs> oh. Do you know what? <laughs> what, would cheer me, what would cheer me up right Robert now? Robert Pattinson's oh. asymmetrical prostate. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we are. Yeah, we are. Get that latex glove on. Get that finger up there, driver. Oh, God. It was the driver. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, I don't know who it was. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> yeah, apparently the the film to book adaptation is incredibly accurate. As like the only thing that's changed really is I think he has sex with someone in a different place to where he does in the book. I think he mm. has sex with her in the limo and not in her apartment or something. Um, but it took David Cronenberg who adapted the book into the screenplay uh, as well as directing. It took him six days to write uh, and he said that most of his time was spent just separating dialogue out between dialogue and narration. Um, so he worked so, hard on it then? Oh, he obviously put his <laughs> life and soul into the creation of this thing. <laughs> I mean, fair play to him for doing a, 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 a faithful adaptation, I guess. But maybe Yeah, if it was not a directing. faithful adaptation, we'd probably be slagging that off as well. So, yeah. Sorry, David Maybe if he just stuck to the win. book, you know. If he just stuck to the book, it would be way better. I don't know why directors have to do this. The book is always better than the film. <laughs> oh, dear. So there is that. I mean, I don't think there's much more we can say about it, really. Oh, he so he, no. meets his, he meets his would-be assassin. They have a really long and boring conversation. He shoots himself yeah. in the hand, and then the film ends. That's an intense um, moment when he shoots himself in the hand. Like, I was watching it with my headphones in and I didn't expect it to happen. So it gave me quite the fright, I must say. An intense moment in an otherwise boring as fuck film. <laughs> if we're being <laughs> honest, yeah. If we're being honest. Brutally yeah. honest. Uh, so I think when we recorded this first time, I think we were like beating around the bush about it being not, us not enjoying it. <laughs> and, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think, I think having talked about it previously and talking about it again now, has just like compounded my hatred for it, for having to sit through it. So if it seems like uh, we're being excessively harsh, I think it's just that. Yeah, I think it's the combination of having yeah. the same conversation twice and having to talk about the same shit film twice. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> think about the worst film that you've ever watched, or maybe a collection of films that you hated watching. Then think about having to talk about those for about two hours at length. Um, yeah, and that, that that might compound some of your feelings. I think if only someone in this podcast hadn't messed up the recording. Again, not naming names. Uh, look, I I don't know who it was. Was um, it you? Was it me? Could have been you. Could have been we. <laughs> could have been, could have been anyone. But so maybe we should take that into consideration in our in our like rating of it. That 
Yeah. Maybe we're, maybe we're feeling emotions that we wouldn't usually feel. Maybe, but I mean, from me, I'm still going to rate it the same as I did yesterday, so... Okay, okay. So, usually our rating system is, we use, we use Robert Pattinson's name. So, it'll either be, we'll give it a, a Robert Pat on the back, or a Robert Shat on the back. Uh, obviously, with the shat on the back being the uh, negative rating. Yes, um, because but, shat is bad. <laughs> I mean, whatever you're into, but usually <laughs> feces is shit. Um, <laughs> so we could also do one off based off the name of the film. Uh, Cosmopolis, yeah. I think, what do we have? Uh, Cos Cosmopolis shit? Or... Um, I preferred Cosplopolis. Oh, yeah, that was it. Cosplopolis. Yeah, I feel that is more just, you know, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? So is it Cosmopolis or Cosplopolis? It's a fucking Cosplopolis. Yeah, I don't know if you could tell from uh, a tone and ranting <laughs> hatred of the film, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a Cosplopolis yep. from us. So I think we've talked at great length about that film, so I think that's probably enough from us. Yep. Okay, so we move on to the next film, The Rover. Yep. Now, this film, another RT film, slightly, slightly different though. Awesome. Um, also set mainly in a car though, and it's... About uh, sort of a post a post apocalyptic Australia, would you yeah, say? Yeah, it feels a bit Mad Maxy. Not like in the sense that everyone's like they don't look like people from Mad Max, do they? But it's just set in an Australian desert. It's basically, it's just people. in a desert, and that immediately makes me think Mad Max. <laughs> I do get what you mean. I do. Get what, could, I, get I what think you mean. it's meant to be set in the Australian outback. It's in the Airbeck. The Airbeck, mate. It's in the fucking Airbeck. And um, Guy Pearce is the main character, and his car gets stolen by these three guys because uh, they crash their car and can't drive it off so then he they steal his car and he's like really pissed off about it and you're like why is this and he he manages to get their car working again and chases after them and uh they they won't give him his car back even though you probably should because like you drove off in his car because you couldn't get your car working but now he's got your car working so just switch it I over mean, guys I like, get the there's no need to be a dick about it they're the kind of people that will just you know do off with someone's car i don't think they really care about being good people you know Oh, I mean, yeah, I do get, I do get that, yeah, <laughs> and I guess everyone in the the outback in the post apocalypse are dicks. Yep, you know, it seems I suppose like that's it. just the way it is. They all act like absolute arseholes. Yeah, and then Robert Pattinson is one of the guys who stolen the car, car's brother, but he got left behind, and Guy Pearce just miraculously bumps into him. Yeah, it's convenient, right? So he like takes him under his wing because he's he's really injured because they left him for dead. So he takes him to a doctor. Now, before we move any further, should we discuss? Uh, Robert Pattinson's hair in this. Oh, we need a jingle for Tom's Hair Corner because this is becoming a regular feature on this show. Tom's Hair Corner. Sit on down. There you go. Do you know what's crazy? I was going to sing the exact same tune. Isn't that weird? Isn't that... Isn't that weird? Isn't that just like, so weird? Which is like so in sync. <laughs> oh my you know god, I mean? we're like, so the like, same. It's like, get off my level. Do you know what I mean? Like, get out of oh my, my brain, sis. Hey, hey, you, you, get off my level. Get out of my brain because I can't handle it. So I've got quite back, camp. I'm going to bring it back down. Back to uh, manly. Tom's hair corner. Sit on down. Um... <laughs> You've got to have the sit on down. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> he's got a buzz cut in this. Yeah, I fucking love the buzz cut. It's really so, good. I'm not a fan. I got you've gone too short this time, Rob. You've overdone it, mate. You've overdone it, son. <laughs> you've gone too far, mate. Too you've gone bloody from far. One extreme to the other. Like in Water for Elephants, I'll go back to it again. Or oh, Chef's Kiss. 
beautiful, <laughs> beautiful fade, beautiful just comb over. Mm. And we said in that as well that he, he's, you know, he's a little bit dirty. He's a bit of a roustabout. And that just gives him a little bit of an edge. He's a little bit in dirty. In this, I'd say that he's, um, I'd say that he's, he's too dirty because his, his teeth in this are quite yellowed. They are, yeah. Although I don't think that should have any impact on his hair. Well, no, but I I'm think just, we should look at his I'm just, hair in I'm a vacuum. I'm just going on his hair in a vacuum. Well, his hair in a vacuum probably would be a bit, a bit more flowy and flowing around. A bit if, you, if you remove the the air, then um, yeah, that's what tends to happen in a vacuum. Also, like I think, I oh, think. Oh, sorry, it, I forgot that you were a bloody astronomer or whatever a space scientist is called. That's the one. Space scientist. <laughs> space scientist uh, that's as bad as the other day there was a, a fire engine outside and i called it a fire ambulance like straight face i was just like oh my god there's a fire ambulance there's a fire ambulance they're going to look after the fire that sounds sure right okay. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like it makes more sense than fire engine but that, to me that that insinuates that the fire needs caring for <laughs> like they're, they're not rushing to the scene of a fire they're to going to throw the petrol on it <laughs> they're gonna go like take pick up the fire and take it in their fire ambulance and then like <laughs> resuscitate it oh dear so anyway yeah he's he's like a bit of a hillbilly in this isn't he i guess is the he best is, way to yeah. describe him yeah and again not a lot really happens in the film they just go on a bit of a drive looking for his brother no it's um it's definitely just john wick in the desert but not as violent yeah there's a bit of fighting mm-hmm. and it is quite john like john wick because we both thought it was John Wick yeah. um, initially because I was like, oh, it's like he's going on a rampage for no real reason. And the reason, but the reason in this that's different from John Wick is the fact that they've stolen his car, not killed yeah. his dog. Little did I know <laughs> that at the end of the film, <laughs> it's revealed that um, the reason that he wants his car back so badly is because his dead dog is in the boot of the car. And he wants yeah, to bury so his dead dog. In actual fact, um, it is John Wick. It's it just is not John as Wick. good. In a way, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's not as good as John Wick, is it? I was going to. I mean, few things there, are but... as good as John Wick. If we're being honest, that's a cracking set of films. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they're bringing more out as well. I think they're yes. doing like four, five, and six or some shit like that. Can't bloody wait! <laughs> Can't bloody wait! Can't bloody wait! <laughs> so yeah, then they just go on a trip, don't they? Have a few yeah. conversations, but I would say much more compelling than cosmopolis oh yeah so would um staring at a, a wall be more compelling than cosmopolis <laughs> i mean i mean you're not wrong and you might just bar be right. is low <laughs> um but rob's character in this is just way better i feel yeah i feel like this i really saw rob as an actor shine in this by the way i love that we just call him rob as if we know him like oh, rob is just you like rob. he shines in this film you know yeah, <laughs> so like proud we say, of him <laughs> us and rob you know we go way back we do we do like um but it's no, not even worth getting his, into how far his, back we um, go, you know his character in this film i just think is the first time i've watched him in anything and completely forgot that it's him even though it doesn't necessarily not look like him but just the way he holds himself and the way oh his, he his physicality in it is great yeah. yeah, his physicality is great. Yeah, and he I, I'm going to sound like a really wanky actor here. As he usual. Complete, he completely loses himself in the role. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, like, yeah, just the way he holds himself, the way he walks and all that, it's just, it's just so very good. It's um, just a few, chef's kiss. A few little facts about this. So he, he really wanted this role, and he was so nervous about the audition 
for this role. That in the few days leading up to the audition, he was like dreaming about the character. Aww. And then when he finally got to the the director's house to to do the audition, he couldn't audition for forty five minutes because he was getting such anxiety about performing. I like that's how much he wanted the part. I can relate to him on a level like that is pretty much me before anything important. I dream about it. And then I sweat and I cry and usually I fuck it up. So, I mean, at least he did a good job and he actually got the role. Because if it was me, (laughs) they would have thrown me straight out crying on the streets. Yeah. And then um, the director also said as well, because I was watching some behind the scenes stuff, that he, when he first had Rob come and audition, he thought that he'd be like this, you know, Hollywood actor who'd been in loads of franchises and was just like not really all that really acting wise. Yeah. But then as soon as he met him, he said, oh, he's, he's like... He's not that at all. He's amazing. And he actually showed up two weeks early to pre-production on the film because he wanted to get like the costume and the character and all the look right and really get work on the character. He just wanted to wear those yellow teeth to bed for a couple of weeks just to, to really feel it. <laughs> he clearly had an absolute blast on this film. Bless him. Um, and going back, to, going back to what he said about um, wanting to do Cosmopolis and that making him realise that he was, was good enough to be in like auteur films. Yeah. He said like... In one of the interviews that I was watching, he was like, "Oh, I've I've realised that it's not if you work with auteur filmmakers or whatever, you'll you'll never be unhappy with a project because like when you're working on it, you get all the creative freedom about the character and all this, and and then no matter how well the film does when it comes out, they're still happy because they've managed to make their like passion project or whatever. Aww. Whereas when you're working on like a big franchise and that, um, it's all about the money. Yeah, and if it doesn't do well, then they're like." have a go at you or whatever so he clearly had an absolute blast i mean it's nice to see our boy rob just enjoying himself and living his dream really oh we love to see it we love love to see it yeah so towards the end of the film they catch up with rob's brother rob gets a bit excited accidentally shoots his gun off (laughs) a bit excited you make it sound like a sex thing (laughs) (laughs) he got a little bit excited and shot his gun off he gets a bit a little bit gets a bit worked up doesn't he and then he shoots his shoots his gun off shoots it all over the place and his brother shoots him and kills him he does yeah which was quite sad i felt a bit bad for him actually because rob's character is a little bit he feels a bit helpless doesn't he and you sort of want to just look after him and yeah then he gets his ass shot Oh, he didn't get his ass shot, he gets shot in the chest. Do you know what? I need to stop saying ass on the end of things. Like, this morning on my Instagram, I posted a video of some clouds outside my window because I'm really fucking cool. And I put cool ass clouds. Oh my god, you're so cool. And then I was thinking, they're not ass clouds. Like, ass clouds would be like if you pooped and it was really wispy. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, guys, I just just went to the toilet and some ass clouds came out. Yeah, that's what, what the... an ass cloud would be. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to lie to you. You lost me about halfway through that. I'm sorry. And I, I sort of came back in around. That if, if it was ass clouds, they'd be just sort of like wispy. And... Are you implying oh that you weren't listening to me until I mentioned poop? Because <laughs> I think that sounds like a you problem, Tom. <laughs> a poo problem. Um... <laughs> oh, you're making me cackle like a. Witch. Yeah, that that is what I'm implying. Prob- that is what I'm implying probably. Well. So be it. But yeah, I I enjoyed this way more than Cosmopolis. Yeah. And well, and just in general, I found it way more compelling. Yeah. Because you know, it, I just it was it was shot more interestingly to me. Like Cosmopolis felt quite clinical. Yeah, and, it did. Like, do you know what I mean? This had quite a lot of nice just, shots like, in it. Like the setting was nice. 
cinematography was nice. I just, I just like the aesthetic, you I just know. Love the aesthetic of the outback. Sorry, I can't say outback without saying it in a yeah. dodgy accent. Sorry to any Australian listeners. I was gonna, I was gonna way. say, I'm not sure that that's. I know for a fact that my friend Australian. Randa listens to this podcast, and she's from Australia, so she's probably gonna unfollow me now. So, well, you've done it to yourself. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, they just the characters in it are actually people, like characters actually have character to them, whereas in Cosmopolis. I don't know why I'm comparing it to Cosmopolis, I think because it was the last thing that we watched and spoke about, but they're both set in cars for the main part, and this was immediately, the second I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is more interesting to me. Yeah, as as soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is a film where the characters talk like people and not like fucking... Yeah, that was the main main thing with Cosmopolis, wasn't it? That they just didn't talk like people. Yeah. So should we we give this a rating? Because I don't think there's really anything else that we can talk about. Yeah. So... I can't think of a witty pun for Rover. I've thought of one. I've thought oh, of one. Oh, the extra day has given Was us it? time. There we go. <laughs> it has. I've had my Weetabix now. Was it the Rover or the Raver? I'm sorry? The Rover or the Raver? You know, like a oons oons. Yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> you know what a rave is? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I know what a, do I know what a rave is? Do I sound like the kind of person <laughs> of that doesn't go I to a rave? Of course I know what a rave. <laughs> I I love a rave. I love a. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tom, you and I have been to a rave together, and it was not fun. <laughs> it wasn't. A, it wasn't an experience that I'd repeat. <laughs> Worst um, night ever. To be honest, <laughs> I don't remember most of it. Oh uh, yeah, it was terrible. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> so, uh, which is the negative one there? Well, I question. think as we both hate raves, that the raver should be the bad one. Okay. Well, for me, it's a rover then. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. And compared to the other two films this week, it's got it, we've got to have some positives come out of this. And I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was all right. I'm going to give it that. You're going to give it a rover? I'm going to give it a rover, yeah. Purely based on the fact that the other two films you watched this week were like hot garbage. So. Okay. So yeah. let's move on to the maps to the stars. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I don't know. Again, we've already spoken about it once. I still don't know where to start with this film. No, so I want to start by saying that Maps to the Stars, I didn't know at all what it was going to be about. I didn't Google it first. I try not to because I like it to be a little surprise. I just go purely based on the name. I was thinking maybe it's going to be like a cute, almost Remember Me-esque romance. Could be a bit of a comedy. I was thinking a bit of The Fault in Our Stars, sort of just because of the name, basically. Um, Those things, it was not. So, yeah, I did a little bit more reading into it than you but what I'd read was that it was about uh, a Hollywood family or a family trying to make it in Hollywood. And yeah, I thought it was going to be like a grounded, you know, a, a loving family who try and support each other as they try and make it in the biz. Yeah, in the biz. It's it's not that at all. No, and I, I did basically, long story short, I skipped forward a little bit because my sound wouldn't work on my laptop. So I was trying to skip through the film to see what was going on and get a bit of sound going. And I saw Julianne Moore and I thought, this is going to be great because Julianne Moore's awesome. Not even she could save it. So, yeah, right, where to begin? So the first <laughs> thing that tipped me off that it, we were in for a bumpy ride was <laughs> the fact that it immediately says directed by David Cronenberg. So this is the second <laughs> film of his this week. You've already heard what we thought of his first one. Yeah. I, If anything, this is better than Cosmopolis because more happens. But so much happens. Yeah. 
So much Yeah, it's almost a bit of a sensory overload. Like, there's a lot going on. There's... I mean, I will just... Yeah, I will just say my only note on this film is incest question mark. Yeah. So just just a heads up, guys. We've already... I mean, we've already touched on it a little bit anyway with a sportsman's double. But, um, (laughs) you know, there is a bit of incest quite a bit of incest in this film um yeah it's um it's i mean any incest is too much incest but this is the definition of too much incest i'd say the correct amount of incest is game of thrones just a um, just a smidge of, in- of just incest a smidge, just a just a tipple you might say just a tip <laughs> yeah any more than that and you're going too far do you know what i mean okay um, <laughs> um so where to begin robert pattinson is a limo driver already a bad sign already a bad time we should have known <laughs> yeah we've we been here known. before and we didn't enjoy it was david cronin bad okay <laughs> <laughs> um he he picks up a girl from the airport who is um disfigured she's got burns <laughs> I, I, that, sa- that sounds very blunt me saying that but that is like what she's basically referred to throughout the film as i can't remember what her name is it's a bit nasty isn't it yeah and also a little little touch I don't know if you noticed, Emma, but throughout the film, um, as more and more of her backstory is revealed and her true personality is revealed, her burns get worse. The first time you see her, they don't look that bad. But by the end of the film, they've like, really hammed it up. I did notice that, I mean, we won't we won't spoil it just yet, even though I wouldn't recommend anyone watches this film. But um, by the end, um, in the scrap she has with Julianne Moore, so to speak, I did notice that she has burns all like up her neck and her shoulder. And I, I just assumed that I wasn't paying attention because I was having such a bad time watching this film. <laughs> no, no, no. It's apparently it's intentional, which I okay, do, appreci- well, I do appreciate that touch. Cool. Yeah. So he picks her up at the airport. She's come to Hollywood to sort of make her fortune, not as an actress, but she's she's got links to Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher's yeah. in this film as herself. R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. I mentioned Aww. it yesterday, but um, quite sad for me because I'm a massive Star Wars fan and um, she died on my birthday. Um, that is sad. So my birthday will always be tinged with that sad memory. I know that. It I know that's so a very first world problem. <laughs> wow! 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 Oh wow! <laughs> Princess oh, Leia died on me. my birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Um, yeah, but you know, I'm sorry, Carrie. But she's great in this. She's probably the best thing about it. Um, she's yeah, in it she's very cool. in a very small amount. But so she's come to Hollywood. She's spoken to Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher gets her a job as the assistant of Julianne Moore's character, who is a, yeah. an aging actress. I don't think she's yeah, that and old, they, but they do drive home how old everyone in Hollywood is. Like there's sort of teenage actresses at Hollywood parties just calling anyone over the age of 24 menopausal, which I find quite offensive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how does it feel to be menopausal? I mean, as as a 25 year old woman, I can say it's tough. So yeah, it's, that's sort of what the whole film is about, is like how shit Hollywood is, right? Yeah. Um, and like the superficiality of it. Yeah. Um. So we're going to be jumping around all the different storylines because they all criss and cross. So Julianne Moore is an aging actress who wants to be in a remake of a film, a really famous film that's not a real film. It's a film, famous film in the fictional world of Maps to the Stars yep. that her mother was in. Her mother is dead and also abused her as a child. But Julianne Moore is like haunted by visions of her mother as well. Yeah. She keeps having like incesty visions about her mother. Yeah, and her mother 
um, for a little Robert Pattinson cinematic universe factoid is played. By... For, the, for those wondering what Emma means by that, she's trying to establish a canon in which all of the Robert Pattinson films take place in the same universe. I am trying and I am succeeding. Thank you very much. And this film helped me. I, I like to call it. I like to call it the Rob Vengers. The Rob Vengers. Yeah. yeah. So the latest installment of the Rob Vengers Age of. I can't think of anything. <laughs> Rob Vengers, Age of... Twilight. Yeah, Age of Twilight. The woman who plays Julianne Moore's rapey mom is also the woman who plays Robert Pattinson's wife in Cosmopolis. So that's just more proof that this universe exists. So, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Julianne Moore is haunted by visions of her dead mom who is going on about having mother-daughter incest. <laughs> it's not I fun, I don't really know why. But there's like a bit where... I mean, let's bring it up up front. There's a bit where Julianne Moore is having a threesome mm-hmm. and she starts imagining that she's having sex with her mom. Yeah, which, I mean, that's just not fun for anyone involved, really. So the problem, the reason that this scene sticks out to me <laughs> is because the guy that's having the threesome... Oh, God. It, I don't want so, to have to so, remember this. It's so offensive to me. It just, <laughs> I've got to talk about it. I've got to talk about it. So they're, they're having a threesome. They're doing their thing. Whatever. Go go wild. He's like in the middle of the two women. And then he gets a phone call or something. So he hops up off the bed and he sits down in a chair. Yeah. And he's completely naked and it's fully frontal. Full tackle out and on show. Which is fine. You know, if that's what you're going to do, and David Cronenberg, can I just take, go wild. I just take a, a tiny, tiny little segue and just say that it's nice to see penis in a film for a change because I feel like it's always boobs. It, that is true. Yeah. Give us what we want, Cronenberg. <laughs> Give us the Give dick. us the peen. <laughs> Carry on. Um, free the peen. <laughs> so he sits down, bearing in mind that he's just had been having a threesome with two, you know, arguably attractive women. Yeah. Anyway, he sits down, d- his dick's out. <laughs> Blasted. <laughs> Blasted little peen. I it's thought just... the exact same thing. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm sorry. How is that flaccid? Like, has he just been packing it in there? Like, friggin' it's not. It's not even like, this. maybe this is too, this, <laughs> I've said a lot of shit on this podcast, but maybe this is too much. <laughs> it's not even like, it's not even like a semi. Like, it's oh, not Tom. even like, in the process of, of sh- <laughs> oh, oh, I can't say stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I wish it, I didn't. It, it's fully like, it's fully like it's a cold day and he's gone, um, a cold day? he's shriveled on. Is that what happens? Is it there. actually? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. You don't. You don't want to know. Um, it's just. A, just. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't wrap my head around it. And it comes out of nowhere. So you're just That's adjusting to the fact that you're what we. You're just adjusting to the fact that you're watching Julianne Moore having a threesome, and then suddenly, whoop, flaccid penis. Yeah, it just feels a bit like. I don't know. It just feels like bad set design. If anything, like could someone not have tickled his balls to give him a boner before they film that scene. <laughs> Give him a little tickle. <laughs> I really, I um, really hope none of my employers listen to this podcast. Oh my god, <sighs> it's just taking a turn. <laughs> so yeah, wow. Oh uh, god, um, <laughs> it's getting hot in here. So that's her, sort of her plot line. Meanwhile, there's a young child star who's a dickhead. Yeah. He visits a young girl in the hospital who's dying for like a make a wish thing. Yeah. Um and. Pretty much one of the first things he says is, so, how'd you get AIDS? <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't have AIDS. I've got, like, some blood disease or whatever. Uh, and she dies, and then for the rest of the film, he's haunted by her. <laughs> and then uh, his his 
father is like a, a psychologist to the stars. His mother is his manager. And it's revealed through the film that the girl with the burns is his older sister. Yep. And they had like a weird relationship when they were kids. Um, and she'd always like be like, oh, I'm going to marry you one day, blah, 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 blah. More incest. Great. Love it. Great. More. Yay. Woohoo. Yay. Uh, incest yay. fun. <laughs> but then she gave him a load of pills and tried to get him to overdose or something and then set a fire and that's how she got burned. Yeah. So I would personally say that she is in the running for bad sister of the year. But they're, they're bad parents as well. They yeah, like... everyone in this film is just awful. So after, <laughs> after she does that, obviously that's a terrible thing to do. She gets sent to like a mental institution or whatever, but they just try and cut her out of the family, out of their lives whatsoever. Yep. And so she's try- trying to wheedle her way back in. It's then revealed that not only has she, obviously the sister got a weird thing for the brother, but then their parents are also brother and sister um, in a twist of events everyone in this film is fucking siblings so they really <laughs> did do the whole incest thing and had two kids they out did. of it yeah which obviously probably explains a little bit why they've gone full-on bloody targaryen and uh gone a yeah bit i mental. was just gonna say yeah cookie ninny for sure <laughs> and good god what else happens oh there's a there's a young boy on the set of the new film that the child stars doing who's like stealing the limelight from him and he doesn't really like him uh and then he has a vision of the girl who didn't have aids who's now dead yeah who's haunting him mm-hmm. and for some reason has like stars tattooed all over her skin oh it's the maps to the stars oh oh yay it's the thing from the film that doesn't make any sense and then she comes and they're like in the toilets together not in a weird way they're just <laughs> both using the toilet they're just, they're just having a wee, mate. There's nothing weird about it. Don't make it weird. And the girl, the girl comes and visits him and he's like, oh, piss off, I hate you. You're haunting me, you bitch. Uh, and he tries to... He, st- he strangles That's a the, quote. That's a direct quote. He strangles the ghost girl and kills her. Yeah. And obviously that's revealed that um, it wasn't the ghost girl. It was the kid that he doesn't like in the film. Oh, no. So he's bloody killed that... Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? Honestly, I hate when I strangle a ghost girl to death and it turns out to just be a lad from work. It's got me into some deep shit sometimes that has Tom. Let me tell you that for free. Sometimes it's just like Mondays, you know. You know what I mean? God, I just want to get through the week. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that happens and then he gets put in a mental institution but then he breaks out and then he meets up with his sister and she's managed to steal her mum's wedding ring. And she goes, you need to go get dad's wedding ring. So he goes to see his dad. And just before this, his dad has um, found the mother set on fire and burning in their back garden. That sounds really random, me just bringing that up. But that is just how it happens. Yeah. That, that oh, is what this just... film is like. These things just happen yeah. without rhyme or reason. And you're just supposed to accept that, that they happen. We've not really mentioned Rob at all in this film. Yeah, he just Rob is like drives around. He's pretty normal. Yeah, Rob is the only stable figure in this film. I found him quite the delight. Actually, he looked very handsome. Quite the delight. I found him quite the delight. <laughs> and he, yeah, he like forms a relationship with the the burn girl, <laughs> but then he cheats on her and sleeps with Julianne Moore. Yeah, he um he picks Julianne Moore up, doesn't he? And she's sort of asking him about um his relationship with the Burns girl. Um, I think you did a better job of ex- of explaining it actually 
Um, Would you like me it. to reenact the yeah, entire go- scene again? <laughs> yeah, yesterday Tom virtually recited the scene word for word, and I would like you to do that again, please, because I really so enjoyed they're it. They're in the car. They're in the car together, and she's like, "Oh, so how's it going with that? With the burn girl, the burnt girl?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, you know, it's going, it's going well, it's going good." And she's like, "Oh, what's it like? What's it like having sex with her?" Mm, yeah, mm. and he's like, "Oh, so so right, noises so included, right. Not, not too not too shabby." And um, she, he's, he sort of admits that he's only s- sleeping with her because he's trying to write a script. Because he's also like an actor yeah. working as a driver and he's trying to make his way in Hollywood. She's like, oh, right. Would you would you sleep with me if I said it was for research? And he's like, oh, I don't know. May- maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. And then she's, it goes on for a bit and she's like, oh, she's like, can you see me? Mm, can you see what I'm doing? And I don't know what she's doing. It's sort of insinuated what she's doing. Ugh. And then she's like, do you, do you like her holes? <laughs> or something? And he's like, yeah. Ew. And then she's like, do you like, do you like my holes better? <laughs> oh, or something God. like that. And it's just, just horrible. And then they have sex and Burns girl sees her having sex yeah, with him. Yeah, she sees... So when she comes um, inside, she, she sees, batters around the head. Yeah, she sees Rob excavating the holes in the limo. <laughs> she... Oh my God. <laughs> she... She doesn't enjoy that sight. That was that was uncalled for. <laughs> Good God! Um, it's because I was thinking about holes um, with Stanley Yonats. <laughs> oh my God! So yeah, and then she Burns girl kills Julianne Moore. Yeah, and then after the the child star brother has got his dad's wedding ring, they both like get married. I guess like they say wedding vows to each other. Burns girl and her brother, and then they take an overdose and die, and that's the end of the film. Yeah, thank God it ended. I didn't feel like it's it was going a, to. It's just so strange, so weird, yeah. and just so much traumatic stuff that happens. And we've—I feel like we've not even touched on the surface of it. But it's, I don't know. It's just such a strange, strange film. You text yeah, me after I don't you, you, go you text me after you finished it, and you said it "Maps to the Stars" really has it all, doesn't it? And I think yeah, that sums because it, it up. has everything it has it's got your incest it's got your that's sort of it really isn't it it's just incesty to fuck <laughs> i was about to make a list and then i realized there isn't it's got it's got incest it's <laughs> got burns victims else. it's got ghosts uh it's oh, got murder fair, yeah yeah you know it's got it all and and with that said i would not recommend <laughs> no yeah don't if you want to feel slightly traumatized then maybe watch it but don't waste your time otherwise no i uh, yeah, just very, very strange. Should we give it a rating? Yep, so is this film Maps to the Stars or Craps to the Arse? <laughs> craps to the Arse. I think it's um I think it's craps to the arse. It's, to be honest with it you. is craps to the arse times ten, <laughs> whatever that is. Bloody hell. It's honestly Yeah. I I hope the films get better next week. Yeah, I pray. Right. Shall we move on then? to our official Robert Pattinson ranking. Let's do it. Now, obviously, we've already placed these in a list. Yeah, maybe you should just fucking reel it off. Shall I just reel off the list and we'll we'll see where they fall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep an ear out, we can listener. Ma- we can maybe give our, give our, um, our reasonings why. Yeah. Um, but, you know. So, this is the entire list of the official Robert Pattinson ranking. I'm ready. At the bottom, way down there, it's the summer house. Creeping up above it, it's the haunted airman. And swinging its way in, it's Sword of Xanton. Then I don't oh, know, God. but it's how to be. And then sliding in, driving up there in his limo, just above that is Cosmopolis. 
<laughs> followed quickly, just edging it slightly. It's another Cronenberg special. It's Maps to the Stars. <laughs> and then with an old favourite, Vanity Fair, followed by Bellamy. Quickly followed by Little Ashes. <laughs> and then a personal favourite of mine, it's Bad Mother's Handbook. And then oh, just yeah. easing on up there in first gear <laughs> is The Rover. <laughs> and then Rob's looking his finest, it's Water for Elephants. We're into the, <laughs> into the home stretch now. We've got Eclipse, we got Twilight, we got Breaking Dawn Part 1, Breaking Dawn Part 2... Uh, New Moon, hoo-hoo, that's the werewolves, hello, son. And then we've got Remember Me, I've gone Cockney, we'll roll with it. And finally, in the top, Timothy Tommy Spottedy, it's Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh my god, that was such an experience. I mean, I think my soul just left my body. I really I'm, I'm I feel like you, you just got you just got possessed by Billy Butcher. Billy Butch, Butcher. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. If it, if it ain't invisible the invisible can. Um, watch the boys, everyone. If you've not watched it, yeah, um, it's really good. Yep. It's on Amazon Prime. It is not sponsored, but we could be. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. So yeah, do we want to talk a little bit about those reasonings, or should we just let them settle where they are nah fuck it let let the chips fall where they may <laughs> that's what they've fallen folks if you disagree with any of those then let us know but i think we might post a sort of updated robert Pattinson ranking on social media for you to feast your eyes on we're we're getting quite in there now so it'll be good to to post it online it's getting quite a, a thick and chewy list isn't it oh god <laughs> um okay that brings us on to your favorite segment Robert Patterson fact of the week. Ding! <laughs> I knew you were going to add something on the end. I just knew it. I could sense it. Okay, what, what's the Robert Patterson fact of the week? We obviously had a Robert Patterson fact of the week yesterday, which you're never going to hear. Um, and I may reintroduce this in a few weeks, but I just feel like... Oh, is like, this a different fact? Yeah, I feel like I want to give you a new oh fact. Oh my God. It just seems a bit of a shame to give you the same one. So I've got a new fact for you. It's... Probably one of the less interesting facts, if I'm honest, but it's new nonetheless. Um, and it is that Robert Pattinson learned to scuba dive on the set of The Goblet of Fire. Oh, for the um, the water tank. Yeah, he, got his, filming he got his actual scuba qualification, I believe. This is probably really sad of me, but I remember watching the behind the scenes bit on the DVD the of pool. Goblet of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that and too. They, it was awesome. How they had to um, build it all and... Yeah, like it was like a, the biggest water tank that had ever been built for a film or something like that. Yeah, and in, wasn't it in Pinewood? They had to develop special sign language. Yeah, and the actors would spend hours under there and they'd just like top them up occasionally with breathing stuff. I don't really know how you'd like direct someone underwater because obviously they can't really respond to you and I guess it would be hard for them to hear. I think that is explained in the do- in the behind the scenes. But It's, it's been, very good. I know, remember watching that when I was 10 plus back. years since I've watched did, that. I think they did like a Channel 4 special on that. I remember watching it at the time. And maybe it was maybe that's good. what I watched with 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 Ben Shepherd. Yeah, I bloody love Ben Shepherd. <laughs> oh, bloody love him, <laughs> oh Benny boy! I tell you what, oh, Benny I've gone quite. Boy. I've been incredibly camp this episode, you know. I've gone. I've gone for a northern, a northern camp Ooh, man. Bloody hell, like uh, this is what happens when we have to record again. I just go mental. Bloody mental. Bloody mental, mate. Well, I mean, so he's got many many strings to his bow, hasn't he, old Rob? He has, yeah. 
Um, you might call him a harp of a man. <laughs> harp of a man. He can <laughs> drive a boat. Strings. Admittedly, yeah. not very well because uh, uh-huh. he crashed it. We learned that a previous week. He can scuba dive. Yeah. Is there anything else he can do? Um, oh, he plays guitar and all, all yeah. those, all that bollocks. All that bollocks. He's got an asteroid named after him. I don't know. I'm just listing facts that you've told me now. He's just a fucking cool guy, isn't he? Just a, just a sweet guy. Um. Anyway, <laughs> I think that brings us to the end. Yeah, I think we should wrap this up. Cast that we call Pod. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed, then please, 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 please give us a rating on the old iTunes or wherever you procure your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to contact us, you can do that in many places. You can email us at onarollpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us on the Twitter or gram us on the Insta. Yeah. At onarollpod. You can subscribe to us on the YouTubes, the mm-hmm. tube that is you, <laughs> or you can, I think that's it, isn't it? I've listed all the things that they can do. Um, Facebook, we have Facebook too, Facebook on a roll pod. It's on a roll pod everywhere, so just Google that shit. Also, we have a website, which I worked <laughs> really fucking hard on, so if you could look at it. Oh yeah, great. yeah, yeah, go there. It's on a roll pod.com. <laughs> um, I mean, all these links are in the show notes as well. Yep. So if you you know if you've Go not got a pen em. and paper handy to write these things down as we say them, um, I feel like Come I'm on people Blue don't Peter use now. pen and paper anymore. It's twenty bloody twenty. Oh yeah, it is. Sorry, my bad. You eat. But yeah, they're 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 down there anyway. They're in the show notes. Down so there, do all those like things. swimwear. <laughs> <laughs> do all those things, and then we'll we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next time. Next week we're watching Queen of the Desert and Life, I believe. Yeah. No idea what those films are about. Fingers crossed, they're um, more enjoyable than the ones we've watched this week. But um, yeah, I mean that's not hard. Yeah. Like I said, the bar is low. But uh, yeah, I think that's that. That about does us. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll we'll see you next week. I'm sure. Well, we won't see you. You won't see us either. You'll hear us in your ears because that's how <laughs> podcasts work. But uh, <laughs> before I go completely insane, we'll wish you a goodbye. A goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.